Praise God. Today is as usual. I, I don't know why I keep saying this thing like it's a special thing that today is a, an awesome day. That should be like every day. That is every day. Um, but I just like the praise and worship blessed me so much because the, I don't know if you realize, you spent the first half of the praise and worship singing, yes, Lord, and I want to see you. That was literally the first half of it. And the second half of it was worshiping God. And really, that is a summary of what we're going to be talking about today, which is, yes, Lord, and I want to see you. Today, we're going to be talking about get lit. Get what? Lit. The young people would know it's a common saying to say, yo, it was lit, you know. Now, by lit, I meant led into truth. Get led into truth. Just a quick word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this word. Thank you, God, because we know understanding comes from you. And I know, God, that you're going to minister to them in their quiet time, even after they leave this place. Thank you for the work you do in them, in their lives, and through them with this message in Jesus' name. Get led into truth. Yes, Lord. You say, yes, Lord, and you say, I want to see you. And I'm going to tell you something. The, the word you're going to use the most in your walk with God is yes. That is, the, that is going to be the most common word, or should I say the most common two words you're going to ever say to God is yes, Lord. And then that precedes the seeing part, see him. Let us go to uh, Psalm 119, verse 105. Get lit. When you think about the word lit, what comes to mind? Light, right? Something is lit, light. And the purpose of light is so that darkness isn't there. You get lit by walking into truth. You stay in darkness by being oblivious to it. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It's very interesting that the word of God, specifically in this verse, says it lights up your feet, meaning where you are currently, and your path, meaning where you should go. But it doesn't mention that it lights up everything else. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't mention that it lights up the entire room. It just lights up where you are and where you should go, which means everything else is not lit up, which means if you deviate from the word of God, you're inevitably going to be where? In darkness. The word of God lights up your feet where you are, and where does it light up? Where you're going, where you're supposed to go. It doesn't light up anything else. So if you deviate from what God says, you are inevitably in the dark because those things are not lit up. This is very important because as we go into this topic, I want you to think, I want you to know that light is God's truth and darkness is ignorance of God's truth. The light is following what God has said and darkness is doing anything else. Amen? The word must be unfolded and taught to get the light. So the word is like a package. It's like a lamp, right? The lamp itself is not the light, right? If I give you a lamp, do you have light? You don't have light. You just have a lamp. But inside that lamp is what? Remember the kerosene days? I don't know if, if um, 
Sorry, I'm, I'm pretty sure people still use it. But the days when you had the lamp and you had to light it inside put kerosene in the lamp. And then after some days, the glass would just turn uh, black and you have to clean it. The lamp is not the light, but inside, packaged within that lamp, is the light. The word that God speaks is a lamp. And inside that lamp is light. There is an unveiling that has to be done. There is a what? An unveiling, a revelation that has to be gotten. If you go to uh, Psalm 119 verse 130, it says, The entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. In another version, it says, The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. You start to realize that the word of God, first of all, it's very important to know that this word, when it comes, it's, there's so much in it. There are dots that need to be connected. And that is why you have the Holy Spirit to help you connect those dots, to help you see how what God is saying applies to your situation. Amen. And it's also important to realize that the word of God enters. It has to enter. It has to be in you. It, it's, it's not an external, like, it's not an external thing that you, you have around you. It has to dwell on the inside of your heart. And the word of God is not just the Bible. It's everything God says to you. It's all one. Never separate the Bible from what God says to you. Like when God tells you, pay more attention to your wife. Don't separate the Bible from that. It's one word. It's one truth. Let's go to Psalm 119 verse 105 in TPT. Truth says, truth shining light guides me in my choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. We said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It said, truth's shining light guides you in your choices and your decisions. You want to know how to know which way to go, how to get clarity on what decision to make and what to do in every circumstance. The key is paying attention to the things that God says to you constantly on a daily basis. Not just what you read in the Bible, not just what is said on this stage, the little things clean your room. Clean your room. When God ministers in your spirit, yo, bro, your room is clean it, man. You don't see connections that God sees. How cleaning your room will lead you to meet your wife. You just don't see it. Amen. To walk in darkness is to live oblivious to God's word. If you go to John 11, 9 to 10, Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he, is, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not with him. To walk in the day is to walk in the light. To walk in the night is to walk in darkness. You should make sure that your walk is always in the truth, not in your opinion, not in what seems logical to you. You should make sure that you're always walking in a revelation of God's truth. This will become more clear as we go down in the teaching. I just want to lay a foundation that Every decision you make in this life, every single decision you make in this life 
there is God's opinion about it, and that opinion is the truth. And you should be aware, not oblivious to God's opinion. You don't live your life in trial and error. You live your life being aware of what God's truth is for everything. And you have access to that truth. You can go back and listen to Game of Thrones. I thought on that. You have access to that. In Proverbs 29:18, it says, Where there is no vision, people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. If we go to our um, um, TPT version, it says, where there is no clear prophetic vision. Prophetic vision, you don't see which way to go. People clearly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul or your mind. You want to always live in bliss, like where you're just chilling in your mind. There's no anxiety. You're just... In your mind, you're just always happy. The Bible says that the key, the, what brings that is following the revelation of God's word. How happy is somebody that everything they want to do, somebody just tells them, oh, do it this way, do it this way, do it that way. There's really nothing to figure out. There's nothing to figure out. That's, that's what is the opposite of bliss? That unrest in your mind is because of uncertainty. It's because you're working your mind. You're trying to figure things out. The key to experiencing what the Bible calls heaven's bliss is to walk in the revelation of God's word. Again, when you hear me say God's word, I'm not just talking about the Bible. I'm talking about every word that proceeds from his mouth. Every word that does what? Proceeds from his mouth. The little instructions those things that sound so mundane in your personal life, those are the things that spoil the vine when you, when you disregard them. Why is this important? Why am I stressing this? Because I'm going to show you now a verse. We are led into truth. We are led into clarity of what we should do. And I'm stressing the word led because there's a difference between led and told. If you go to John 16, 13, John 16, 13 says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, or the spirit of life, because life is packaged in the truth, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears me speak, and he will tell you things to come. But notice the word, he will guide you into all truth. Notice that the Bible doesn't say the Holy Spirit will just come and be telling you all truth. He said he will guide you, which means you have to pay attention to everything he says. Understand what I'm saying? For you to be guided, you can't ignore even one thing that I say, right? If I'm giving you directions, you're trying to drive somewhere, and you're on the phone with me, and I'm giving you directions, do you pick and choose what I say that you want to pay attention to? You don't. He guides you into all truth. I'm going to give some examples from my life, one of them which I really didn't want to give. I'm not going to lie, but um, he's going to guide you into all truth. You'll be so amazed how, and this is something God has been teaching me. You're asking God a question. You're asking him, oh, what should I do? What this? What this? What direction should I go? And you sit down infinitely thinking and waiting to hear yourself being told, do this, do that, do that, do that. You focus so much on that, that when God comes and tells you, clean your room, 
you're not paying attention. You disregard that because you're waiting to hear God say, do this about this issue that you asked me. But I'm going to show you that God promised you an answer. He said, call on me and I will answer you. But the answer you get, if you're not aware of how God speaks, you can easily miss it. Because the answer to God, who should I marry, could be clean your room. Do you understand what I'm saying? The answer to God, who is my husband, could be help your mom in the kitchen. That could be God's answer to you. But it doesn't seem like the answer to it, right? If you study the life of Jesus, and just, it's very fascinating the responses Jesus had to people. Very, very fascinating. John the Baptist, he said, please, can you go and ask this guy, is he the one I'm waiting on, or is there another? Jesus didn't give a response. Jesus went about his, his usual um, Messiah things. And then he said, go and tell him everything you've seen. You find out that Jesus didn't speak to what you said. He spoke to the root of it. Amen? You find out that Jesus didn't do what? He didn't speak to what you said. He will speak to the root of what you said, which made him sound kind of mystical when you read his responses. Because God does not see things the way we see it. God sees everything. He's seen the whole battlefield, the whole playing field. He's seen the beginning from the end. So when he speaks, when he speaks, it's not the way I will speak. So when your friend dies and you come to me and say, come and pray, I'll say, oh my God, let's go now. When you go to Jesus, Jesus says, I'll chill here for a few days. There's something he's seen that I'm not seeing. Amen? Your answer to God, what major should I study, could be go and join the choir in church. But you can stay there praying and you get stuck in this infinite, I don't even know what to call it. It's like an infinite attentive, you're listening for an answer that has already been given. And because you're listening for an answer that has already been given, you hear nothing and you conclude that God has not spoken. Pay attention to everything God says. And I'm going to tell you, especially when you speak to him and you're asking him something. Especially when you inquire from him for wisdom. Pay Write down everything God says because I'm telling you, as we go into this, you'll see the answer you will get may not be what you're looking for because God expects you to pay attention to every single thing he says. You understand what I'm saying? He expects you to pay attention to every single thing he says. So if you ignore everything he's saying because you're waiting to hear who should I marry, you may never hear that because he has already given you an answer. We are guided. Say we are guided. The Holy Spirit will guide you into truth, which means he will keep telling you things. And you have to just keep saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. When your anger rises, and he's like, calm down. When he tells you to forgive, he's guiding you. He's guiding you. That moment of forgive could be the answer to how you are praying about an increase in your salary. Amen. If you read John 16, 13 in TPT, it says, but when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. Let's look at an example, John 2, 2 to 10. This is Jesus doing his thing. Um, it says, now both Jesus and disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. There's the, um, they have no wine is is the prayer. That's the prayer. You turn to Jesus like, yo, you don't have wine. Now Jesus answered her, woman, what does your concern 
have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Right here, right now, did Jesus say yes or no? Like, what do you think he said? Like, if, if he ended right here, right now, what do you think he said to her? Yes or no? He said no. Look at Mary. Look at the next verse. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Because she has lived with Jesus long enough to know that he guides you. He goes beyond telling. He doesn't just tell you. He guides you. He guides you. He knew, she knew that I prayed. Jesus spoke. But I know for a fact that the, the answer, to get the real answer, the, the actual, how that answer translates to my life, to, to get the revelation of how what Jesus said translates to my life, moving forward, pay close attention to everything he says and do it. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Because we stop at what Jesus said, what God said, but we never get to the point of how that translates to your actual life, to your actual situation. But she knew. You always pay attention to what God says and especially, especially, always, oh, always, but even if, especially when you're looking for direction, when you've asked God a question, because he is going to not, he's not going to just tell you how that thing applies to your life. He will guide you into an understanding of how it applies to your life with a series of instructions. You understand what I'm saying? He will guide you. There's an understanding you're trying to get. God prompts you, go to Bible study. Go to Bible study. You don't see how it applies to your life. After you go to Bible study, he tells you, somebody comes and right. God prompts you, drop the person off. You drop the person off. The person on the way talks about this sermon. Go check it out. You're like, okay, I'll check it out. God prompts you, listen to the sermon. You listen to the sermon, still nothing. They're like, oh, but I like the way this guy teaches. Let me teach another, let me listen to another sermon of his. You see another sermon of his, it addresses the thing you wanted. Do you see what I'm saying? If you don't pay close attention to those promptings and actually say, yes, Lord, you would think God didn't answer you. But God answered you when he said, go to Bible study. This is how God speaks. This is how God works. That's why you need to know God. You need to know God's profile, what he tends to do. Jesus, Mary understood Jesus' profile, how he behaves, how he acts. She knew that even though he spoke and he sounded like a no, that's no, no. It comes, it, he guides. He guides. The Holy Spirit said, I will say nothing to you except what, I'm sorry, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will say nothing to you except what he hears me say. Which means when the Holy Spirit talks to you, it's Jesus talking. That's Jesus' emo. The Holy Spirit operates in the same emo as Jesus. Jesus doesn't just speak. He guides you into how this thing applies to you. Because that is what really matters. Amen? Because how something applies to you involves timing. It involves approach. It involves what to say. It involves who to go to. The thing you can hear is, is um, um, I'll give you a job in Canada. But you still haven't gotten a revelation of how that applies to you. You got to pay attention to every word that comes out of God's mouth. And please, whenever you ask God a question, if you think you don't have the answer, he already gave you the answer. I'm telling you, you need to train yourself to pay attention. Write down everything he says. Write it down. 
Go be a student of the things God tells you. Not just the things you read in the Bible. Those things. When God ministers to you, pay close attention to your wife. From your wife could come the answer to something you are asking. You get what I'm saying? You feel me? And then, if we go back to, uh, let's go back to uh, John 2, 2 to 10, verse 5. If we go to verse 5, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Right? Now, actually, hold that verse. Imagine if, imagine if God had been prompting one of the servants there. The servant has been like, God, I want to know you better. I want to know you better. And then the servant was prompted, go and serve in this wedding. And the servant said, no, I'm beneath that. Imagine a servant who, growing up, God had been prompting them, fetch water. Go and fetch water. Help your parents to fetch water. And they didn't. Then they come here. Look at the next instruction. Verse 6. It says now there were six pots, or there were, there were six what? Water pots. Imagine that servant now, they now tell him, go and fetch water, and he says, no. Everything God says to you is training you, is guiding you into a revelation of truth, showing you how truth, the thing God says, applies to your life. Because in that moment, you don't see how going to Bible study applies to that thing you wanted to know, that direction you were seeking. But when God told you go to Bible study, that was truth. Now there were six water pots of stone according to the manner of the, purif- of the purification of the Jews containing 20 and 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, first instruction, fill the, water with, with, fill the water pots with water and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. Do you see how, do you see how God thinks? Why did, couldn't God have given all these instructions in one go? Hey, there are some water pots there. Get what I need and take it to the master and have him drink and it will turn to wine. Notice how he gave instruction by instruction, precept upon precept. Because God expects you to follow every single little thing. Be a student of what he says to you. I don't care what it is. I don't dress better. I don't care what it is. Write it down. Go back and study it. It says, you can go to the next verse. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets the good wine and when the guests have all drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This is the result. Now, let me ask you, did Jesus answer Mary's prayer? Did he answer Mary's prayer? But when Jesus spoke in response to Mary, did it feel like Jesus answered her? It didn't feel that way. But she understood that I don't go by feelings. I go by every word that he speaks. I've spoken. Jesus, growing up with Jesus, I'm sure she had to have known what he was capable of. She understood the concept of do everything that he says. Amen? We are led into truth. We're not just simply told truth. There is a leading. You're guided into how it applies to you. That is the revelation of the truth. That is what the revelation of the truth, how it applies to you. That is how you keep that bliss. If you even look at John 14, 26. Oh, sorry. Let's let's go to Matthew 4, 4 first. Jesus answered, the scriptures say, bread alone will not satisfy, but but true life is found 
in every word, which constantly, constantly, constantly. Everybody say constantly. Constantly. So you know it's not just the Bible. Amen? You know it's not just the Bible. You know you have to, you can't be oblivious to the things that God is constantly, on a daily basis, ministering to you on the inside to do about him. It's a constant thing. You live by every word which constantly goes forth from God's mouth. And notice that he said bread alone will not satisfy you. The reason why you don't feel bliss is because you, there's an unrest. You're not satisfied about something. Amen? Now let's go to John 14, 26. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. The key word there is teach. Teach. There's a difference between tell and teach. Amen? There's a difference between tell and what? Teach. Teach requires attention. Teach requires constant attention because we teach implies an explanation, a guidance towards understanding. You understand what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit's function is not to just tell you things. Stop treating him like a consultant. He's a teacher. You understand what I'm saying? You don't learn from a consultant. You just, their, their job is just to tell you. The Holy Spirit is not a consultant. He's a teacher which means you have to constantly, on a regular basis, be paying attention to what he's telling you. Write it down. Go back and study it. Google. Do you know how many, if you, if you look at my, my Google history, you'll see a lot of scriptures on this, scriptures on that, scriptures on that. You study. Go back. The things that Holy Spirit has taught you, has told you, instructions, write it down. Write it down. There's a reason why in the Old Testament you see a lot of write this down. Write it on a tablet. Write this vision down. Who was it that saw a vision and goes like, write it down. You would think that if you saw a vision, you, that, you would remember it. There's nothing to write down. But God told him, write it down. Because you got you to gotta write what God tells you down. Think about it a lot, all day, all night. Amen? Let's go to Proverbs 2, verse 1 to 6. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1 to 6. It says, my child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within will you succeed. This is true success. This is good success. Amen? If you go to verse 2, it says, so train your heart to listen when I speak. You do what you train. This, this thing, it's something you have to train in. You have to train yourself to constantly be listening for when God speaks. It's like you're constantly trying to decode. You're constantly like, you're paying close attention. It's a training process. And open your spirit wide and expand your discernment. Discernment means recognition. So you recognize when it is God speaking. And pass it on to your sons and daughters. Amen? You train yourself to pay close attention. Look, if you decide right now, from now on, I'm going to pay close attention to God. Remember, the Bible says you train, which means it's not overnight. It's a skill that has to be developed. You understand what I'm saying? It's a skill that has to be what? Developed. But you need to develop this skill to live a life where you constantly experience heaven's bliss. You train yourself to hear what, God's, what God is saying, because he's always saying something. And you remember that what God is saying may not be what you expect him to say. You ask God a question, 
What direction should I go? And God answers you with something that has, that seems completely unrelated. Completely unrelated. But because you know that you should pay attention to everything he says, like Mary understood, you say in your heart, whatever he says to do, I will do. You do A. A leads to B. Leads to C. Leads to the thing, the direction, clarity on the direction you wanted. Then heaven's bliss. You understand what I'm saying? I want to, let me share some examples. Um, I remember uh, about four years, about, about four years ago, um, I was crying out to God in my heart. And what was bothering me was that I wasn't, I wasn't as close to God as I wanted to, to be. Those were the days when I decided I'll, I'll study the Bible and like two verses into it, I'll be on YouTube. And I used to just cry out like, God, man, like what's wrong with me? Like what's wrong with me? I want to be able to study my Bible. I want to be able to pray. And it came to the point where I gave up. I just felt like I was getting nowhere. And then I prayed about it. And what, what, actually, what actually upset me is that that was about the time that Anu's life caught on fire for God. And I was just like, God, I, I've been asking you. And you just kind of skipped me and went to Anu. So I said, God, I'm done. Like, if I, never, if I never read my Bible, who cares? If I never pray, oh well. But I remember that I said one thing I said was, whatever you ask me to do, I will do it. And literally that week, Pastor Victor came and said for me to head young adult ministry. And I became the head of young adult ministry. Normally, I would have said no, because I didn't even like the youth ministry. I felt it was a place to come and get shut down. <laughs> Especially with dating. Whenever they brought up dating, it was a trap. And then I said yes, and then we had the cabinet, and um, I wanted like, us to take turns teaching. But it just so happened that I would always, like nobody wanted to step up to teach, so I would always be the one to teach. So I had to prepare the, <coughs> sorry, I had to prepare the, the sermons, the teachings, and I'll be the one to teach it. And through that, I began to fall in love with the Word of God. It started as fulfilling a responsibility. I began to fall in love with the Word of God. Bam. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Let's fast forward to 2020. Black lives matter. I used to get sucked into those debates. Oh my God. Every day I wake up, I'll be like, today's the day. If anyone mentions Black Lives Matter, I won't get into the conversation. I'll just be thinking about God. It's a lie. I'll come to this very church and I'll get into debates. And those debates will suck the joy out of me so hard. Like It's like I'll wake up early, I'll wake up happy, and I'll go to bed upset. I began to pray about it. I began to tell God, I don't want this thing anymore. Hold on. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I began to pray about it. I began to tell God, I don't, I don't want to get sucked into this thing because the devil is using it to suck joy out of me. He's using it to upset my mind. And then the whole day I can't focus. And then God, I remember it was a Saturday. It was like really late, like 9.30. I got prompted in the spirit to study the promises of God to the believer. And I began to do that. I did it till about, about 12 noon, about 12 uh, 12 midnight. I did it to about 12 midnight. And then the next day, I did it again. Next day, I did it again. Not at the same time, but I, I, I just focused on studying about the promises of God. And then I remember like about two weeks into it, it clicked. It just clicked. These things don't apply to me. These things they say are happening to black people. 
It's not my portion because my identity is in Christ. When the police sees me, they'll favor me. They'll pull me over and smile and tell me about their day and we'll have a great conversation. Those are the things I was saying over my life. And then the next people that came to talk to me about BLM, the instant they brought it up, I was like, well, I hear you, but it doesn't apply to me because my identity is in Christ. I'm favored by God. The police, I'm favored before men. The police will favor me. They had nothing to talk about. We ended up talking about God. Bam, issue resolved. But it started with an instruction to study about the promises of God. God didn't outrightly come out and say, my son, the next time this happens, tell them that you're favored by God. No, he guided me to that realization. Amen? Now, if you go to John 8, 31 to 32, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true, to my true followers, sorry. You prove that you are my true followers. You have to embrace the truth. You have to embrace every single thing that God speaks to you. Not just what you read in the Bible. Those little instructions that he gives you. Amen? Because all of it, the Holy Spirit takes it and starts to connect dots for you. Starts to reveal to you how it applies. And then clarity comes on what direction you should move. Now, I'm going to close with this final example. This is the one that I didn't want to give God. Last year, towards the end of 2020, right? So actually, no, in 2019, um, well, I had a job. I loved the job. The job was awesome. It was great. It was what I wanted to do, right? And then at some point in, um, in August, oh, oh, sorry, let me tell you what it was. I was a social worker at OTA Morris County. And then August, August um, 2020, I think it was August, either July or August, I think it was August, um, the... the um, Residential healthcare facility inspector from Morris County left the job and then they made me, they, they gave me the role. They, they didn't force me to take the role, they offered it. And then I got prompted in my spirit to take it because I, I wanted to meet, to solve a problem. I wanted to help them because there was a need. So I said, okay, I'll do it. I did it. And then I talked about it with them. I was like, hey, you know, what does this thing entail? Um, is it a major thing? Because to be honest, I enjoy being a social worker. That's the main thing I want to do. But like going and dealing with landlords and inspecting, like I just, I'm just doing it just to help out. And they say, oh no, it's a, you know, it's a small thing. You, know, you, you won't even feel it. <clears throat> they lied. Um, the first week into doing it, I remember I went to the bathroom and I, I literally cried because I, I comp- hate is such a strong word. You know, you know those jobs that suck. It just sucks your life out of you. Like on the way to on the way to work. You're just, you're in tears on the inside. And on the way out, it's bittersweet. You're happy, but you're also in tears because you know the next day you have to come back and do it. That's what that, that position was. A job that I love got turned into a job that I absolutely did not like. I was miserable. I took it to God in prayer. <clears throat> I wrote down the prayer. I won't read it here. I read it to the production team. I wrote it down in September and... The prayer was, I'll just paraphrase, the prayer was just God, like, you said in your word that if, if anyone lacks wisdom, they should ask of you. If you don't know what to do, they should ask you. Um, the way I feel right now, I'll quit this job. I don't want to act on how I feel. I need a word from you. That was the prayer. About two weeks later, man, I started to notice that God always, two weeks is always like the, the time. Anyway, but <clears throat> about two weeks later, 
I was listening to a Joyce Mayer message where she was like, oh, if you're in your job and you don't like it, you're miserable, start, taking, start making moves to improve it while you're there, to, to change your situation. And then she specifically mentioned go back to school. Now, it's important because since, since um, about 2015, the thought of going, like, I, first of all, I completely don't like school. When I was in undergrad, I didn't like it at all. I kept crying out to God, I don't belong in school. I belong in ministry. I belong in ministry. And I will always give Andrew Womack as an example to God. Andrew Womack, I don't belong here. Because in school, I'm not thinking about God, though. I'm thinking about church. There's a difference. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about God. I was thinking about church activities. I'll be planning dramas, Felix. I'll be writing dramas, planning youth activities, in school, instead of paying attention. <clears throat> it's a miracle that I graduated. And then in 2015, God told me, go back to school. And, and I didn't know it was God. I, it was just a thought in my mind. So I did it. As a matter of fact, I, I think I actually went back for one semester. And after that semester, I was like, I'm done. Like, God, you don't need a master's degree to bless me. Now, when Drismar said that thing, the thought came back go back to school. It resonated so hard to me. Now, it's very interesting because I don't know how many youths have heard me brag about how I don't care about anything else. I just care about the, the word of God. I just care about how many of you, the youths, because I always brag about it. <clears throat> That's a lie that I believe. Um, because I think it was, it, was, uh, it was, I don't know if it was Kevin or Evangel in production that got used they put a sermon in our chat, and that chat was stop believing the devil's lies. And he mentioned something about how he, he was a very clumsy kid, and he grew up believing he was clumsy, and then God revealed to him that that's a lie, and he stopped confessing that over his life, and all the constant accidents and breaking his bones stopped. So through that sermon, God revealed to me, I won't go into it in details, but he revealed to me that I've believed in a lie, and he taught me, he guided me, how that lie was that I only care about I only care about church and God. He began to teach me that I care about other things, and he began to show me what they are. And this is how he showed it to me. So <clears throat> when that thought to go back to school came, because I already knew that 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 belief that I had that I only I only cared about God, I didn't care about school, was a lie. I was able to recognize it as God, as potentially God speaking to me. So I said, okay, God, if it's you then you make a way. So I went online. I went online. I filled out those general, like, more information forms on, on a degree program. <clears throat> and then I filled out, and a couple of schools contacted me. I applied, and I got accepted. And then I asked God, um, um, you know, like, what, what should I study? And then this thing that I'm telling you about paying attention to everything God has said is something that God has been teaching me since last year because I would frequently go back and write down the things God told me. And I went back and I, 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 I went back and read a prayer that I wrote, which is something I learned from our minister, Adana, which I used to make fun of her for doing, writing down the prayers that you prayed. And I also checkmark it once I get the word on it. So I went back and I saw that I prayed a prayer about production. I was like, production is driving me nuts because I always have to come and I always have to figure out all the problems. And it seemed like, like nobody was really stepping up to do that. And I prayed about that. And it was stressing me out. And then right when I prayed, God spoke to me. Well, let me say it this way. It clicked. It just clicked on the inside. But a problem solver. That's why you want to do social work. That's why doing social work 
was, it was like giving you so much joy and inspecting buildings was just killing you. And then God began to show me how, when I was an undergrad, I wouldn't study, but to solve a problem in this church, I would watch like 10,000 videos, read a whole volume of books just to understand how to solve it and how when a problem is there and I want to solve it, there's no length I won't go to solve it. And then I was like, oh my God, I am a problem solver. That is the only thing that motivates me to read this life is, is to solve problems. And then, not to mention that in 2019, I had this, this um, I messed around with some mods for, on, in C++. Anyway, the bottom line is, through that, God taught me data science, which is a combination of coding and writing algorithms that solves problems. And that's what I decided to go into. Now, the issue about my job, I asked God, I don't like this job. I need a word from you. But I waited. And then, when I got accepted in school, they gave me my schedule and it conflicted because the inspection side of things, it, it kind of changed my hours. So I had to work drastic overtime to do it. It's not normal. And then I went to them, I spoke to them, I said, listen, I'm going back to school. I can't do this, this role anymore. I just need to be a social worker. They said no. I said, okay, can I work part-time? No. I said, this thing will conflict. I said, it is what it is. So I said, okay, then I'll have no choice now. I have to leave the job. As soon as I said that, it clicked. That was what I prayed about. Clarity. See how God narrowed my options down? Clarity. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? Clarity. So when I quit my job, which honestly would have devastated me so much, I would have come home depressed. Like, God, now I have no job. I came home worshiping God. Bliss. Bliss. This is the first time in my life I've quit a job. I came home with unemployed worshiping. Two don't go hand in hand. You understand what I'm saying? You, you understand what I'm saying? When you follow every instruction that God gives, it guides you. It guides you into a revelation of the truth. It guides you into clarity of that thing you wanted direction on. For those of you worried about me, don't worry. God already told me what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. Right? But the point is, please be led into truth. Amen. Be what? Led into truth. Amen. Praise the Lord.